pensioned veterans, and everyone who's ready to change their lives. Welcome to the Christina Silva Show, educating our veterans live. Join your host, Marine Corps-trained motivator, Christina Silva, as she connects with experts, innovators, and military heroes. Now, let's get started. Here is Christina Silva. You're listening to the Christina Silva Show. We're educating our veterans live in hopes that we give you resilience, tips, and also solutions for your new creativity because the new year's on the way. And for the holidays, we want you to feel encouraged. So we have a very special guest today with Marine Corps Service and a tip on higher education. What would you like to do in the new year? Well, joining us today is Wendy Sakura, all the way from Wisconsin. Hey, Wendy, welcome to the Christina Silva Show. Thank you, Christina. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you today. Excellent. Each week, we want to find resiliency solutions, and we bring on trailblazing guests like yourself to show our listeners how easy it is to make your life great through higher education. And we want to know a little bit about your Marine Corps story so that we can share with others navigational pathways towards their earned benefits and also towards their careers as entrepreneurs and even leaders in their industries. So why don't you share with us the day you stepped on the yellow feet and became part of the Marine Corps Recruitment Battalion. I started in a delayed entry program. And um, I think that's, for me, that's a really important place to start because every that, that was my foundation is my recruiting office. And um, for two years, my recruiter actually was in contact with me. I met him through one of my friends from high school and he joined the Marine Corps and and introduced me to his recruiter and the recruiter contacted me and I was like no 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 I'm going to college I'm running cross country with the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee and I'm not interested and after two years of you know um, not being successful in my first you know my first endeavor at college and uh, working two jobs, riding the bus. There was one day I just, I just, I, um, I got my running shoes on and it was January 5th. It was the winter. I ran to their recruiting office and um, yeah, I just, I, I joined the Marine Corps three days later. And um, because of that foundation, they treated me, they were so awesome to me. They treated me like fathers, the staff um, non-commissioned officer in charge of the recruiting office. He was like a father to me and they just gave me such great advice and, and set me up for success when I went to recruit training and I did really well there. Um, and it was for me, the Marine Corps was a fresh, fresh start. You know, I, I just, you know, I wasn't successful in college. I wanted to go to college, but I needed some time. That's incredible. For me, it was the Marine Corps uniform, but for Wendy Sequoia, it was the foundation and the family that you automatically inherit when you commit to serving your country. I want to thank you for your service, and I have dedicated 14 years to educating our veterans live, and there's something special about paying it forward after we retire. So congratulations on 21 years in the United States Marine Corps, different than any other branch. How would you say boot camp treated you? Well, at that time, at an easy, we, um, it was almost eight weeks. Uh, they did not have, we had fan fire with the rifles, so we didn't, we didn't have the week-long um, training. And um, so that was interesting to get out of the Marine Corps uh, or to get into the, the active duty and, and then have to be in a parade or have to go to the rifle range. And we were, you know, that way we were at a loss there, but it was, um, it, it was a good challenge because we got in there, we learned the manual of arms and um, we had our, our, our colleagues help us out, our male co- counterparts help us out. And um, so what I found with the Marine Corps was um, the camaraderie and the, the bond and, you know, you work hard and, um, and you have, it, it was a very supportive environment for me. And, and thank you for your service as well, Christina. You're very welcome. Well, eight weeks seemed like three months to me back then with my foot locker and a big book of battle techniques that I learned. I will never forget. And that long walk down the rockway to the bivouac. Share with me about your training different parts of boot camp that you still glean from today, from the bivouac to the classroom? Well, the biggest thing for me was the leadership training. And from the start of in recruit training, you are taught, I mean, you're taught leadership skills and and they set it up to where you are, you know, you're taking turns. They, you know, they, they, they put you in a position, then they'll fire you when you do something wrong, then they'll put you in another position. So they keep rotating. So you get, you get that leadership experience and you learn the traits and principles 
Um, I mean, you, you, you just, you are so engaged with that training that, you know, you're just learning step by step. And that is the biggest takeaway from recruit training that I had. I mean, yeah, you got, you got your drill instructors yelling at you. And, um, and when you get out, people are like, oh my gosh, the Marine Corps, I could never do it. I'm like, it's only three months where they yell at you after that, you know, it's, it's totally different, but that was my biggest, um, my love of boot camp was learning the leadership skills. Because leadership leads you into every other part of physical resilience, mental resilience, the social part of it, having gained sisters through boot camp, friends that you'll have for life, and also about the mental strength and the endurance spiritually you need to actually complete boot camp. Share with me the flexed arm hang. (laughs) (laughs) The flexed arm hang was... um... Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting to come out of recruit training and see that you know that we were you know doing things different. Um, well, I mean, I learned that in the delayed entry program, um, but yeah, that's you know it's not as easy as people think it is. And um, you know, we would have challenges with um, our male counterparts to see, see who could stay on longer. And um, yeah, I beat them hands down. It was it was eye opening for them. <laughs> different muscles. It's so great with different muscles how we can acclimate ourselves to any environment and train like our fellow Marines that are males. And I remember in boot camp when I was the PFT series high, I went with all of my force and I had Disneyland in my mind. And I remember hanging on the bar and I will always remember this story from when I served. You can do anything you put your mind to if there's a focal point and a goal that you've already set. So share with me what mini goals that you set throughout graduating boot camp and then into your military occupational specialty training, what goal did you have? The many goals that I had um, initially just joining the Marine Corps and being a female in um, a male-dominated service, my focal point was to learn as much as possible about being the best Marine I could possibly be and then try to do everything as, as best as I, as I physically could to, um, you know, as my male counterpart. So, I mean, I would, I would go above and beyond. And I, I knew that, you know, just sometimes you, you, you have to work twice as hard um, and just, you know, just to, you know, be recognized at sometimes, but once you're there, you're there and you have that respect. So that was, those were my mini goals when I first started out in the Marine Corps. Most definitely. And those goals may sound easy when you're putting them into a sentence, but when you're actually serving and you're in your first term, four years with Marines, the accolades and the accomplishments are already set high with that bar to become the actual Marine, which air, land, and sea were trained to fight. Share with us some of the pressures that you overcame when you were striving for those goals. Oh my goodness. The pressures were just just being able to, you know, just overcome um speaking in front of people because as a Marine you have to get up sometimes and you have to lead and you have to um, give classes or you have to you know you have to train and and just overcoming I'm naturally I'm a quiet person by nature and just being able to you know just use my voice more effectively and communicate more effectively I believe that was the biggest challenge for me I've always I was you know I was a runner I was you know I love PT I played basketball and so the physical side of things didn't really worry me and um, and just the 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 the, the way that the the male Marines you know just the way all Marines treated me um, it, it just it helped me to overcome that. I love it. You have such a positive attitude still today, and I know that the traits that I earned when I was serving in the Marine Corps still reside with me today. And I'm so proud of you for overcoming your fear of being on a podcast for the very first time. We're talking with Master Sergeant Wendy Sakura, retired from the U.S. Marine Corps, but still striving for goals and to be different as a leader. You're a leader in your occupation. And back then when you served from 1985 to 2005, you were an aircraft maintenance professional an engine testing and career planning administrator, and also a recruiter. What about recruiting? As a recruiter, how did you feel that you were doing during the time you had that special duty? I had one of the best recruiting jobs um, out there. I spent some time when I was a recruiter um, when I first got out of the Marine Corps because I served four years. I got off of active duty. I was going to go to school full time, and then I joined the reserve unit, Um, ended up going back 
on active duty. Um, and during that, that short period of time I was off, I spent 10 months as an um, extended active duty um, doing regular recruiting. And I'm telling you, that is one hard job. So my hat's off to all recruiters, no matter what branch of service. Um, the recruiting position I had was um, a prior service recruiter, but it's actually another unique role, which was a transitional recruiter. So, you know, um, the position was with um, presenting at separations classes. So we would go to, as Marines were getting off of active duty, they would go to the transition class and um, get prepared for separating. And the first person that they would get to hear from is a reserve recruiter. And so I used to, I used to joke about that, but that was the best job I had was I, get to, I got to talk to um, active duty Marines about furthering their, you know, maintaining their career while still being able to go home and, um, you know, be, being, you know, be back in their hometown and still serve the Marine Corps. So I got to share about the Marine Corps Reserve Program with them. So that was, that was exciting. Is exciting and incredible. The job of a recruiter is difficult because at the time when we served in the 80s, I remember over seven efforts of freedom that we were fighting around the world, like the Persian Gulf, Desert Storm, Desert Shield. We had uh, Panama, we had Somalia, we had lots of things going on in the Middle East. And we also had on our home front, we had a curfew going on during the Rodney King era of time. And I just remember being on full-time service support and also catering to make sure the grocery stores were safe with my weapon and rounds. And we had to answer to every call as Marines. And we also had a joint task force relationship with other branches of the military. Do you remember that era of time? I do remember that era of time. At that time, um, I know when Desert Storm, Desert Shield was taking place, I was actually just, I just joined the Marine Corps um, inspector instructor staff in San Diego, and we activated a few of our um, our reserve companies. Um, one was a tank um, company, and another was um, a counterintelligence, and um, just you know, just seeing them off and taking care of them and them while they're gone and having, you know, and just connecting with their families. Um, that was, that was huge. I mean, we were in a position where we didn't deploy out during that time, but we were there to support, um, you know, our, our, our fellow Marines and their families. And it was, yeah, it was quite, quite an interesting time and, and was happy that everybody came back safely. From our Navy to our Air Force to our Coast Guard and also our Air Force and our Marines, we work together so well. And I just had a great time working with our National Guard. Sometimes our services get forgotten about, but each division in each branch of our armed forces, we specialize in different areas. And as one joint task force, we are truly protected. In every show on the Christina Silva Show, we educate our veterans live and have a moment of silence and a thank you to all those that have ever served and paid the ultimate sacrifice and to those that are currently serving, we just thank you for what you do every day to protect our country and to keep our land free. Thank you, Wendy Sakura, for joining us today to share your story to enlighten everyone about your Marine Corps career. And I want to move into your service going overseas and to find out how you enjoyed Japan and other areas that you were stationed. Share more. Well, I had I was very fortunate while I was uh, on my first four years of active duty when I was an aircraft mechanic. I got to I was able to deploy with a squadron and because um, I was intermediate maintenance and so we didn't really deploy but what we would do is we would um, there would be a billet for us and we would go with a squadron and then once we got to Japan we were able to transition back to um, the, the inter intermediate maintenance but that was um, First of all, I I love I love diversity. I love being around um, different cultures. You learn so much, and one of the things that I I you know made it a point to do was to learn the language and to engage in some of the you know just in the culture and the you know the different foods that were there. And I met some incredible people, and um, you know just. It was it was such an uh, it was such an amazing opportunity. <laughs> I, wow. I can't even explain. Short short period of time, and I did so much. 
I remember the day my recruiter found me coming home from the Laker girl tryouts in red biker shorts and he drives up in a gov vehicle, which was white at the time. And he was in his full dress blues and he goes, hey, I'm going to make a Marine out of you. And I go, no, you're not. And he goes, yes, you are. And he goes, where are you coming from? And I, I said, I don't talk to strangers. I remember like yesterday. And he says, oh, meet me over here and take the ASVAB or whatever. So I did it. I went straight to the Culver City recruiting uh, area and took the test and then the rest is history. And when I joined, I never looked back, but I do remember my mom dragging the recruiter. She was dragging down the carpet, holding onto his ankle saying, don't take my baby. But I didn't regret serving. Would you ever regret serving or would you do it all again? I do not regret serving. I am so thankful for my service. I learned so much during my time and, and it just led me to where I am today as far as, you know, I'm, in a, I'm finishing up my master's in organizational leadership and it just gave me such a, a love for leadership and the understanding of how important it is. I mean, we're, we're all leaders in our own right and, you know, a lot of people don't realize that and it's up to us to, you know, to elevate, uh, you know, people and help them to, you know, just see their leadership potential. And yeah. so I'm, I, would not, I would not take any of it back. It was just such a great experience. Most definitely, when you look at some of the awards that you received and those keepsakes that you have, like relationships and ribbons and your write-ups and also knowing that you got a Navy Unit Commendation Medal and other medals and awards over the years you've served, doesn't that make you feel like a piece of America? Yeah, we, there's, there's, there's a lot of memorabilia that helps to reflect on, you know, on the time that we serve. And I think the biggest for me is looking back at pictures and the camaraderie and the experiences I had with, you know, friends that I consider, you know, consider family. I mean, there's bonds that were built to this day that I am still in contact with people I met in my first four years in the Marine Corps. And I mean, I've attended weddings and retirements and it's just incredible the caliber of people that serve our country. It's a, they're amazing. Most definitely. Some of your comrades were Nick, Wendy, Patty, and Al, the foursome. What did you guys accomplish together and where did you meet? <laughs> we, went, we met at um, when I was a transitional recruiter and doing separations classes. Um, Patty and I went to recruiter school together. I'm actually her, her son's godmother. Um, and um, yeah, she, that was her retirement gift, um, you know, leaving the Marine Corps. She, she had a, a baby boy. And um, yeah, and so that was two of us were stationed at Camp Pendleton and the other two were um, down at Miramar. And just we, we were another close-knit, you know, community, um, the transitional recruiters. And so a lot of good memories with them as well. Oh, most definitely. And serving in Japan, you did serve a lot stateside as well. Tell me one of your favorite bases in California in addition to Camp Pendleton. I loved Miramar. Miramar was, um, I was there when they transitioned from um, being a Navy base with when they had Top Gun and our, our command actually took care of the Marines that were stationed at Top Gun. Um, but when they transitioned over to the Marine Corps. So I really enjoyed Miramar, a lot of good memories there. Um, just, uh, you know, my, my, I raised my daughter, you know, there. She, she, I think we moved out when she was six years old. We moved up to Camp Pendleton. Love, love, love Miramar and San That's Diego. Incredible. Wow, the views are amazing. It's beachside as well. So that is a great duty station. 60 square miles of nothing in those mountains. And there's boot camp for men in San Diego. Ah, you know what? Uh, it is Paris Island, South Carolina. And then I know with Camp Lejeune, did you, um, did you go to both places, South Carolina and um, Camp Lejeune? Yes, I did. Ah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that I, right next door. I can see the Paris Island and um, was um, quite, quite an a interesting place, especially in March when the sand fleas come out. And, um, you know, the drill instructors say that they have to eat, they have to eat too, so you better not swat at them. <laughs> exactly, or else you'll be wallowing in the sand with the sand fleas doing push-ups because you flinched while you were in, at attention on the parade deck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember. That's so great. How did you do on the rifle range? Actually, most of the most of my time in the Marine Corps, I um, was expert. I think there was one time I dropped to sharp, sharpshooter, and then when I was able to, when we were able to qualify with pistol, I qualified expert. So that's my love. I love being on the range. That was one of one of the most exciting things, you know, 
um, was was just trained that type of training. I'm proud to say I can still fit in my uniform, but in some of the buttons up top, I can't button it all the way, but I can fit into the skirt and the zipper goes up three quarters of the way. How about you? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, I think so. I, uh, yeah, I think, I think I can still fit into my uniform, but that was that whole mentality of, you know, of working out and being consistent with the Marine Corps that really drew me because it just carried over after I retired. And, um, you know, yeah, thank God that, you know, no, no, um, you know, medical issues where, you know, that causes waking and stuff like that. So I'm very thankful that 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 part of it and, and a high metabolism rate. So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> Most definitely. You're staying in shape and you're sharing your story and you're doing a great job. But the continuing education after the Marine Corps, when you specialize in so many different occupational specialties, never stops. What can you say you kept on learning during 21 full years serving in the Marine Corps? Oh, well, besides the leadership, um, professional development, um, they do encourage education. And so I made an effort to go to utilize uh, some of the community colleges that uh, are really connected with the, the military installations. And so I went to, you know, I just, I was taking classes just one at a time, just because I wanted to continue my education. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I figured I'll take general education courses and then, you know, I'll have enough and pretty soon I have a degree. And, and that's, that's how I got my associates. I just took one class at a time. Um, you know, and during a time when I was a single parent and that was pretty challenging, but, um, yeah, definitely, um, appreciate having my degree when I got out it was an associate's degree, but nonetheless, it was an accomplishment. Well, it's led to your master's degree program and the Marine Corps takes really great care of us with housing and allowances for other items we need to keep our uniforms intact and also we get a lot of different opportunities to volunteer in the community like this time it's holiday time and the Marine Corps is great with Toys for Tots and giving back. Share with us how much you love Toys for Tots. Oh my goodness well when you're in at the you're on the active reserve program you are stationed with reservists throughout your career and so there were many times I served on one of the largest um, Toys for Tots program that was in San Diego in the South County and then when I transitioned up to Camp Pendleton to be the career planner well with that role came the Toys for Tots coordinator role and uh, I was so thankful that I had the experience of a really solid program in San Diego and I was able to collaborate um, in the North County of San Diego and um, and really build up that program. And that was one of, the, oh my gosh, just leading that that program, it's it was very fulfilling because you saw how much people cared about service members, about their community, um, wanting to give back. And you just saw so many generous people just, you know, digging down deep and, and, and doing what they can to support such a great organization and That's a community. And yeah. That's amazing. Your excellence is just riveting on the line, listening to what you've done so far between, but so alike in the different roles you've played from aircraft maintenance to reserve to recruiting to Toys for Tots leading the programs and becoming a master sergeant just with the rank alone. How did you feel going from Lance Corporal to Corporal to Sergeant? And tell me some of the obstacles you had to overcome when you were trying to win those ranks? The Marine Corps is pretty, I mean, the Marine Corps is pretty solid on um, what you need to do to attain those ranks. And I was very thankful for that because it's pretty much cut and dry. I mean, you know what you got to do. You know, you have proficiency in conduct marks, you know, PFT, rifle range. I mean, they have everything spelled out and they give, they give you goals to shoot for. And so with those goals in hand um, and then the support, you know, of your, your, you know, your fellow Marines, it was, um, it was easy to, it, it was easy to attain the ranks because you have that goal and you know exactly what you needed to do. My favorite ranks were Lance Corporal and Sergeant. Lance Corporal, because it was that time where, you know, you're not really in charge, but you're still in that learning. And so, you know, you you have a good, you're learning your foundation. And then Sergeant, um, because you're, and and that's before with Lance Corporal going into the non-commissioned officer role and, you know, starting to increase your responsibilities. And then when you, when I got to Sergeant, um, that was a really good role for me. And it's, you know, right before you pick, you go into the 
uh, staff non-commissioned officer role. So it was just like, because you had that covering, you had, you know, you're, you're gaining responsibility, but at the same time, you have people overseeing you to make sure, you know, when you fail, they pick you back up, or when, you know, you do really good, they, they commend you and they congratulate you and they're supportive. So great answer. Great answer. The Marine Corps for me was that foundation. And I have to align with you and say, everything was planned. Everything is orchestrated. Everything is with regiment. And it also comes with the etiquette that you're exuding on the Christina Silva show. Everyone, we are talking with Wendy Sikora and she is a United States Marine Corps Master Sergeant retired. And her specialties are leadership, higher education, and also volunteerism. And she's also in her camis, still regimented to this day. And when she dons her uniform, she's got her ribbons and awards to show that she accomplished her rank by applying the techniques learned in the Marines in her own special way. And when we come back with the second segment of the Christina Silva Show, we'll find out who Wendy is in her civvies, her civilian attire as an educator and a student attaining her master's degree right after this. Attention veterans, are you ready to be your own boss? It's time to launch your own ideas into reality. Discover your clean writing style. Gear up with Marine Corps trained motivator, Christina Silva. Christina is a positive energy promoter with a special gift in connecting with innovators. Get the Military Heroes 411 and glean from experts every week by listening to The Christina Silva Show. We're educating our veterans live on The Christina Silva Show. Listen for new episodes every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. You're listening to The Christina Silva Show, educating our veterans live. For more information about the show, email crsprods at gmail.com. That's crsprods at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we're back with more about Wendy Secor's Marine Corps tours and also her term of honorable service. Wendy, how did you feel dressing up in your blues on Marine Corps birthday 21 times in a row? Very proud. Uh, it, it, it is such an amazing celebration, and I didn't know what I was in store for before I joined. I knew it was a, you know, the Marine Corps is very proud of its histories and tra- its history and traditions. And my first Marine Corps birthday ball was uh, just, it, it just, you had to go back for more. It was, you know, it's, it's every year it's, it's the same format, but it's always so different. And it's just, it's a, it's an honor to, to, you know, celebrate that every year. Most definitely. When we think of the tradition of all of our services, it's tied to history about why we serve. And so on November 10th, 1775, the United States Marine Corps was birthed and the second continental Congress meeting in Philadelphia passed a resolution stating that two battalions of Marines be raised for service as landing forces with the fleet. This resolution established the Continental Marines and marked the birth date of the United States Marine Corps. Now, I get chills. How about you, according to Military.com's definition of our Corps? (laughs) Absolutely. I, I feel the same way you do. And I feel that back then in the 1980s when we joined, that we are still the few and the proud. We are women. We are female Marines. We are WMs. But we don't say that anymore. We say pain is weakness leaving the body. What do you feel about the new slogan? The new slogan to, you know, any 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 slogan that just brings motivation to uh, an organization and you know they use with their branding and encouraging um, I'm all for most definitely becoming a marine takes preparation training and a process but it starts with that decision and before long once you raise your hand and you're sworn in you give certain parts of your life as a sacrifice that you wouldn't normally notice until you're actually donning the uniform and going to work each day and you had mentioned in the first segment that after boot camp and after the three months of training, including your military occupational specialty school, when you graduated, you inherited an automatic family and you also inherit changes that you didn't foresee. So this is going to be part of a candid expose about Wendy Sakura and your experience of becoming a parent. 
going to school, working the job, and then getting orders to move and change duty stations. Would you like to share with me a little bit about your personal and professional integration of your life and what happened to you and how you overcame? Oh, absolutely. Uh, initially, well, I served in the Marine, the active duty Marine Corps for four and a half years and decided I wanted to go to school full time and, um, and, you know, join a reserve unit. So I ended up joining a reserve unit. Didn't go to school full time like I wanted to initially. I wasn't prepared. Um, I, you know, I, I, I transitioned out without a, a game plan. And, um, and then uh, I ended up um, being, becoming a single parent. And, um, and then I was at crossroads because I'm, you know, I have um, a, a young child to take care of and I'm still, I'm still seeking my career. And I, I looked at, um, I was in the process of becoming a San Diego police officer until I got to a point where I found out that they have um, shift work and I couldn't do that to my child. So I, um, I was also applying for the active reserve program and, you know, go back to what, you know, I, I knew the Marine Corps very well. I loved it. Um, I was successful at it and um, an opportunity came along and um, I was able to um, join back at um, in San Diego at the inspector instructor staff. And one of the best um, decisions to go back um, yeah, I mean, it was one of the t- best decisions I made, and it really took care of me. The Marine Corps took care of me and my family, and especially at a time when um, I, you know, was a single parent, and I had friends and family that really stepped up and, and helped me, and that was when I started to go to school, too. It did do that for me as well. I started out in school, and I, too, went to college before I joined the Marine Corps right after high school, and I left college early. I almost accomplished my AA degree as well, but I didn't finish it. But even with the benefits you gain from the Marine Corps in housing, health, employment, and education, the Marine Corps is that basis. It starts you out, and then it cultivates your natural talent, and then you follow that all throughout your life. And how would you say your daughter is doing today, just when you think about her in that time raising her by yourself? Is her bed made today? I have to say that my daughter, I mean, I would take her everywhere with me. And one time I took her to, you know, we had to get up early um, to do a PFT and the daycare center wasn't open. So I took her and she actually got up on one of the pull-up bars and started doing pull-ups. And the Marines are saying, get her down from there. She's making us look bad. (laughs) (laughs) Our kids inherit Marine Corps esprit de corps wherever we go. And they will deny it till their dying day. But out in public, they'll tell someone else that they're proud of their mom. Did you find that with your daughter when she was younger, that she would appreciate you being her mom to others? And the reward for that is so deeply wonderful, isn't it? Oh, it, it, it absolutely is. And to this day, my my children, my daughter and my son are just, you know, they're very proud of my service and um, and and they speak they speak on that. And speaking of your son, he's quite handsome. I've had the opportunity to know both your sons through and daughters through the photos that you sent for the blog post, and they look so upright and so gorgeous. And a multicultural diversity is also what the Marine Corps embraces. They give us benefits to be single parents, and there's so many programs that we can employ into our careers to make it a family-oriented experience. I would love for you to expound upon that. Well, for me, that was one of the the best things in the Marine Corps was to see every nationality represented and having opportunities to, um, to thrive. And um, I came, my background in Milwaukee is I went to one of the most diverse schools in the city and my graduating class, we went to the lakefront, all of us, we, we had, there, there was no clicks. Everybody was there together and, and we're still in contact via Facebook and I can't wait for our, our reunion next year. Um, but that's what I found in the Marine Corps. And um, that's what I find in life is it's, it's a richer experience when you have diversity and when you are not close-minded where if somebody has a difference that um, you instead of judging you just ask questions and find out you know a little bit more about the person when you ask questions and fit and find out why they believe or do you know do certain things or you know act a certain way it's it's it opens up rich conversations well do you think either will join the marine corps or any other branch 
Well, no, uh, my daughter is actually, she is, uh, I thought for a while that she was in the service. I mean, she was working for an organization and um, she was getting promoted and moving um, to so many different places. And, um, but now she is engaged and she is an organ and um, yeah, so no service there. And, um, and my son, he's, he's a little bit older now too. He's um um, but neither child served. And I think they, they lived that through through me. And you know, that's so great the way you place those words. They serve through you. And we want to thank our families and our dependents all over the world for the military experience through the active duty mom or the active duty couple, because it's truly a gift and a sacrifice for our kids to come up because they inherit the regiment and they're part of the schedule and they're part of the changes. Did you all move a lot when the children were young? Oh my goodness! Yes, and 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 I'm so glad that you you bring up families. Families are so important, and every time a family transitions, they have to start new. The service member they transition, and I mean they're 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 transition a lot of times with people they already know, um, but they automatically have that camaraderie. But when families transition somewhere, they don't have that, and so it's important for us to to recognize that and be mindful of that. And my um and my daughter went to four different schools and. Four Four different years um, and when she was from fourth 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 fifth sixth and seventh grade and I felt so bad for her but um, you know we kept a strong family and and just kept close and um, you know help, had that unit to, as, as solid as possible and um, you know and she she's yeah she's a go-getter her oh my and my God. son <laughs> and I was going to ask you what does the word top mean to you Oh, as far as Master Sergeant Top. There we go. <laughs> I'm a little rusty here. Uh, I, it's just, you know what, those are one of those cool terms that, you know, Marines use. And, um, you know, I, I, I love all the nuances with the Marine Corps. And, you know, a lot of people would hear that and they would have no clue, except for you say that to a Marine. And it's just like, you know, that automatic instant language, you know, that, you know, that we share. We're talking with Wendy Sakura, our United States Marine Corps Master Sergeant, retired. She's top forever because of 21 years of decorated service, and she's an honorable parent, so proud of her daughter and her son that were raised in the Marine Corps environment. And the Marine Corps, along with our United States of America slogans, which we love pain leaving the body because it means that you have strength and you have the other principles of esprit de corps when you serve, the United States is built on the words, in God we trust. What would you do without your faith, Wendy? My faith has been my, um, God has been my provision my whole life, even just looking back, that he has ordered my steps, which, you know, he, he's guided me my whole time. And things that I thought were hard or that I didn't want to do um, or, you know, but with a step of faith, I did it. And um, doors opened, um, you know, I received blessings and and he's just surrounded me with Oh my gosh, with so many great people and experiences. And I'm not saying life was all rosy because I, I can tell you stories, but, um, you know, but it's just keeping that, that, you know, just having that faith and having that hope. It's just so important. Oh, yes. In lands far away, there is faith and hope, and it's a different type of dark in Japan. I tell you, when the lights go out and you're out camping and you're in your training in various areas, even on the rifle range, it is pitch black in San Diego. And when you think about your faith, you can rely upon it like the rock. So I would love for you to share a part about how the pandemic has helped you to rely on your Marine Corps training and also on your faith and share with me how you've truly changed as a person and grown since you retired in 2005. Wow, the pandemic, the pandemic, oh my gosh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's devastating. And it's, um, it's, you know, so many people are dealing with, with, you know, loss and, 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 and fear and, you know, having that faith. And I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, my, my, my brother-in-law is in the hospital. He's fighting for his life. Oh, um, because he has COVID. And so, you know, bringing that up, it it hits home, you know, and so, you know, but I have hope. I'm praying over him and, um, you know, just keeping, keeping faith and just praying over the doctors and, and other people who are going through that. And sometimes you don't, you don't really understand unless you have to experience it personally. So yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. 
Oh my goodness, we're listening with Wendy Sikora about her faith, and we just come to you, God, and we just thank you for all of the troops and for all of those that are suffering with COVID-19, that you are greater. You are our rock, and we just give you this time to envelop us with your love and your unchanging hand, and we thank you for those that believe and those that may not believe that faith is the evidence of things not seen, and that we send angels to encamp around Wendy Sikora's brother, that he would experience miraculous healing right here on the Christina Silva show live. We can always stop to care about our comrades and our loved ones first, because we are nothing without our family core and without spiritual resilience. And so thank you, Wendy, for sharing such a candid show. I know that you had reservations about coming onto the podcast, but you are bigger and your God is even bigger that you will have the purpose and the foundation and the faith to step forward because there are millions of listeners out there that will hear this broadcast and believe that there is healing for everyone who is stricken by this awful virus. And what we can do is we can be safe, we can be prayerful, and we can also be listening to the orders in our counties and our cities to put on our masks and to wash our hands and to stop everything and think about those that are less fortunate because our health is very important. And so are our prayers. So right now, we just thank you, God, for being the omniscient creator of the world, that everything is ordered like Wendy Steps to be on the show with someone that knows that you will never leave nor forsake us. So we just thank you for listening to the Christina Silva Show. And at this time, we're going to give Wendy the opportunity to thank us for her opportunity to be online with us on the show, or she can go and leave this in such a great moment of strength and weakness at the same time, Wendy. Would you like to close out the show or would you like to continue sharing with us about higher education? Oh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm open. um, Christina, I appreciate you allowing me and, you know, just to share a little bit with my brother-in-law and um, you know, it's um, you know, very, very, and thank you for your prayers. I appreciate that too. I'm definitely keeping him covered and um, yeah, I mean, we can continue um, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm, very open. Yes, we respect everyone and we just appreciate you for being so open. And this happens to me many times over 14 years on the air that I have to be ready as a host and as a professional in this industry. But when it comes to emotions, when we embrace and we stand up to what is we what we fear most, we are overcomers. And the same with our Marine Corps blood. Your brother-in-law is in the arms of the creator of the universe and everything is meant to be. And there are certainly no accidents. And so I just appreciate your stamina and your will to progress with the show and telling us about the meaning of community outreach. But before we do that, I want to give you a compliment because when I was talking with you and preparing for the show, you told me how uncomfortable it was, but uh, coming on the air, there's something about it that happens to me when I'm hosting and it's happening with you. I love you for being a female and being like the lesser vessel, but for stepping out on your faith. And there's going to be something great that will happen to you from this day. I can already feel it in my hands. And I just want to say congratulations that Toastmasters is working. <laughs> and no that, Toastmasters. <laughs> <laughs> you're just speaking out like you did with Ashford University and as the past president of California, the Advisory Council on Military Education and being on the board of CCME. Um, another college council that gives back and fights for the rights of military students so that they can retain their credits. Share with us a little bit about what that community outreach means once you put your first self first and your family first. Community outreach um, is so important because we, we, we just, that's our, our way of learning and we have to, we have to be engaged in our community and, and that's the way we can, um, you know, better our community. We can learn about our community. We can see what the needs are in our community. Um, we can give back to our community. And um, so com- that's what, you know, volunteering and community is, is uh, you know, recognizing a need and seeing what you can do to help, you know, make things better um, or even just to, just to be there and lend a helping hand and do some of the legwork so somebody else can, you know, do something else, you know. Thank you, Wendy. We're truly transforming, adapting, and overcoming right here on the show live. And we are just wanting you to share with us after 11 years of higher education what you'll do after you gain and complete your master's degree this December 2020. 
Oh, my goodness. I am excited to see where God leads me in my next career. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be staying in in the education uh, arena or um, one of the areas I want to break off into is um, coaching. And I recently um, finished up the John Maxwell certification program. I have a few um, classes to do online and, of course, continuing education. You know, we're lifelong learners um, and, um, you know, we're always learning whether we're actively pursuing something, you know, official or if it's just like picking up a book and reading or doing a webinar or something like that. And um, so that's why I'm looking to um, one aspect is to do um, to get involved in strategic leadership um, and where that goes I'm not sure but then as my gift back I want to help young women I would say between the ages of 15 and 25 um, just with their decision making and, and and coaching them and helping them to figure out their own life and and how to best make decisions that you know affect them for you know their life you know and to make the good best decisions for them. Most wonderfully. Thank you so much. You truly shared from the heart today. We hope that you're inspired listeners all over the world about Wendy Sikora's story. And thanks for tuning in to be uplifted and inspired by not only opportunities the Marine Corps can provide as a career you may want to investigate, but there's also a way for entrepreneurialism and finishing your master's degree or even starting out with your AA. Get more information about your earned benefits and visit va.gov. And Wendy is no stranger to self-care, and she had the opportunity to take two weeks for herself after raising her kids, and she did so this year. Where did you go, and what were you doing on a camel? (laughs) I have had a... Not lifelong, I would say, you know, once I became a Christian, you know, it's, you know, that 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 trip to Israel is always in the back of your mind or in the front of your mind. And that was one trip I, I that was my, the one trip I wanted to take out of anywhere in the world. And our pastor at the Rock Church in Temecula Valley, one of the pastors there, um, he set up a trip and we, the trip was called Up to Jerusalem. So we went, our first, we went on a day trip to England, and then we transitioned over to Cairo. So that's where you see a, see me on the camel. And then once we went from Cairo, we went over to Jordan, and then we went to Israel. So up to Jerusalem. Now, how did that trip solidify your Christianity, and what did you feel on the camel going past the sacred pyramids? Wow. Five thousand years ago, you know, and it's still standing. It was uh, an amazing. It's amazing to just to to read about, but to actually go and experience it, and take pictures, and have memories, and um, touch you know touch the pyramids and see how massive they are, um, and then to go with a group of people, you know that I mean we're on Facebook sharing pictures to this day of our trip. We just I, I took eighteen hundred tri- pictures. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's <laughs> breathtaking. When you see the blog post about Wendy Sakura and get to know more about her as a Marine and also as a civilian in higher education and all the new changes that are coming, you will see an amazing photo of her on top of this camel riding past the pyramids. It's breathtaking to see. How tall was the camel? Oh, goodness. I cannot like, tell you in 10 to 12 feet. feet. It, it was, yeah, it was huge. And um, the scariest thing, too, is when they, you know, they, they, you know, they have to get down on their knees and they have to get back up. So you're, you're rocking from one, you know, from, you know, being um, forward and then all the, you know, being back. It, it was just, it was crazy. But um, yeah, but just to see the history and then to experience, um, um, you know, what you read in the Bible and, and to experience that I, I read the Bible so differently. I can say, oh, I was there. And you, you just have, you know, you have the experience of the environment. And it's incredible. Oh, yes, yes, and yes. Well, I personally have been to the Rock Church. I still have my original video series of the sermon that was preached that day with the Aussie accent of the pastor there. And I want you all to know that you can go trock.org. Go trock. Org and experience just uplifting non-denominational, non-denominational Christian word. Um, be empowered, seek out resources, listen to Wendy's story, and know from CRS, we truly bring you transparent, 
stories about educating our veterans live from all industries. You can make a change in your life just by your decision. You can also feel the pain of others and start to volunteer. You can also pray, meditate, and get grounded spiritually, socially, mentally, and physically. All it takes is mini goals like Wendy has shared from her life. It takes your faith and your ambition, and then it takes being a good parent and wanting to make sure that you're the example that you want someone else to be. And when change comes and you retire, lean upon your benefits and start to know that you have a community around you at all times. Wendy, I am here for you. I want to thank you for having the courage to come on today. It's truly been something that I didn't expect, and it made me rise up in my faith to know that I can call on our ultimate creator of the universe, God, Jehovah, and then I have you to back me up that Cairo is my next trip. I've always wanted to go there because I know once you find out the root cause of a problem, you can conquer it. Would you say yes? I would agree. I absolutely agree with you. And once you find out about the roots, about where Jesus walked and what he did, as for me and my house, that's what I believe. Your relationship with the universe and your connection to the sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ, for my life and for Wendy's life means that we have hope. So to her brother-in-law, there is hope and life, and we have to just believe and just step out in faith to the things that we don't know are sure. All we have to do is keep on going and reach out for help. I'm so glad that you are a guest on our show today, Wendy, and I can't wait for us to share the episode archives on crsonair.com. What would you like to say about your speaking experience today? I have to say that you made this such a lovely experience, and um, I so I so am thankful that you you know you you've you've given me tools. You helped me. Um, just your questions were so um, just refreshing, and um, I am so thankful to be on the show and for the experience. And I you know I I just you know encourage people to you know take a step of faith. And, you know, sometimes you have to be uncomfortable. That's where the growth is in your, you know, when you're uncomfortable. And so don't be afraid of that. And, um, you know, just do it. Thank you to John Maxwell, to Toastmasters, and to the United States Marine Corps for making us female Marines that have stepped out on faith. We have a lot in common and so much more to do. That's why we're both volunteering at the California Advisory Council on Military Education. And we are with past president, Wendy Sakura. And also for more about legislation and organizations that fight for the rights of military active duty students, you can go to CCME online to find out more about higher education. And don't forget, if you've served, earned your honorable discharge, you may very well have earned housing, health, employment, and education benefits to take advantage of. Amidst (laughs) the pandemic, we are blessed, we are whole, and we are living testimonies of the goodness of God in times of need. Reach out to the invisible help from above. This is the Christina Silva Show, and we've been educating our veterans live and will continue to do so every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on the Variety Channel at voiceamerica.com. Be safe and God bless America. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Christina Silva Show. Be sure to check back for new episodes every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you soon and Semper Fi. Mm-hmm.